guys. Thanks for uh, joining in tonight. Very quiet week. Uh, probably for the first time since we started this show. Um, Suns have advanced to the finals as well as the Milwaukee Bucks. So it'll be interesting, especially with these two teams. Now that Giannis especially is questionable. Um, obviously not going to be 100%. So with him being back, it's going to be a fun series. Uh, I believe the Suns had the regular season edge, uh, winning both games, one by one or two points, the other one by one or two points in overtime. So it's going to be exciting to see. Garrett, I'll start with you. With Giannis coming back, do you see him more out there as a uh, a decoy, or do you think we're going to see something big if he does? Um, I think as a fan, we all want him to play, and – I don't think that um, the Bucks would risk uh, if his knee's not 100%. There's no sense to have him out there. So if he's out on the court, I think he's 100% healthy or at least close. And I think the Bucks are going to need him to, to win this. Yeah, we definitely want uh, Giannis to play. Um, it has been interesting to see how well, though, that the Bucks have been able to continue to dominate the paint without him. Um, Aaron, what are your thoughts on uh, Brooke Lopez's performance in these two games, full two games, without Giannis? Uh, he's really turned back the clock. Um, to do what he did in that Hawk series with Capella and um, John – what's his face? Um, um, yeah, John Collins – just grabbing every rebound, but he just seemed like he was still dominating the game on both sides of the court. Uh, it really just brought me back to old times with big men dominating basketball. And I just, I really liked seeing him take down his nets, his old nets, um, to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm just happy to see him succeeding this late in his career. Yeah, and since uh, early on in the playoffs with how poorly uh, Drew Holiday had been playing, he almost had a triple-double the other night and is scoring over 25 in the last few games. Thad, what's your take on not only his performance, but Chris Middleton also with a near triple-double too? I'm sorry, I heard my name, but I just got back in the room. What was the question? The performances of both... Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Uh, what do you think about their performances without Giannis the last few games, and what do you see coming down? I actually saw a quote from Charles Barkley, I believe it was, that the best thing that's happened for the Bucks in this off se- or uh, postseason was Giannis being out those last games because we got to see Drew Holiday um, at his top peak performance. Um, and he said an aggressive Drew Holiday um, was the exact quote, I think. And I think he's right. Um, not necessarily the Bucks are better off with Giannis out, but it can really show you what other players can step up on that team. And Holiday has definitely been that guy, um, as well as Middleton. Yeah, um, I think that was a great test for the Bucks going into the series is what are they going to be able to do without Giannis because um, we all know this team as being you know Giannis's team and with 
his ability of what he can do obviously is known by everybody. And to have him miss the games that he did and for them to play as well as they did has been uh, phenomenal. Chris Middleton has been lights out. Drew Holiday is on fire on the offensive well, offensive end as well as the defensive end. Bobby Portis really showed up a lot in that last series as well. Um, and to go 2-0 and without Giannis and close that series out uh, was just great to see from Milwaukee. For the Suns side of things, um, you know, they kind of had that same thing. They lost Chris Paul for those two games early on. They won both of those games. Devin Booker breaks his nose and has it hit, you know, pretty hard multiple times afterwards. And for that team to come out of that series all banged up, um, it's been great to see. These are really two teams that have faced resiliency um, with injuries and, you know, the COVID stuff. And to see both of them be able to come through, I think it's a great credit to their their front office with their GMs. I know James Jones won the uh, GM of the year award. But all these teams, that we, as we know, have gone through so many injuries and so many different things. Uh, throughout the postseason and regular season, really. And it really has come down to who has had the better team, who can overcome that adversity. And with both these teams losing stars and still being able to come back and get to the finals, it's been great. And we're going to see a fantastic matchup. Aaron, we'll start with you. What do you see for game one tonight and what's your prediction? Um, it really comes down to whether or not Giannis is playing on if I think this game will even be close. I, I think the Bucks have come come out on kind of slow starts in all their series, except for the first round against the Heat. Um, but they lost game one to the Hawks, lost the first two games against the Nets. Um, I see, and on the, on the counter side, the Suns have won all their first games of, this, of every series so far. And I really like the Suns to come out on top at home um, in their first finals game. CP3's first finals game um, and the Suns' first finals game since 1990. Okay, and Garrett, what do you think game one tonight? I mean, I think it's obvious the Giannis situation, but um, let's say Giannis doesn't play. Um, I like the Drew Holiday versus Chris Paul matchup. I think that's going to be Really interesting if Drew Holiday can, you know, use his big frame. Um, that's going to be important. And then also Brooke Lopez against Aiton. We know how efficient Aiton's been, but Brooke Lopez is also coming off of a big series. And I think those are the two matchups for me. Jay Crowder and P.J. Tucker are kind of similar players. Um, so, yeah, just looking at the matchups, it's really even. So kind of just like we talked, Giannis is the yeah, I'd be interested to see what uh, Aiton does with Lopez because I thought that Clint Capella was going to have a good matchup there, um, but Brooke re- really didn't even have to go outside. He, I mean, he was mostly inside and still got it done. Thad, what are you thinking for game one tonight? Honestly, I think it, it all determines uh, which Drew Holiday we see. Um, and if Chris Paul comes out and is the point god, or if he kind of like slows down after that big game uh, versus the Clippers that he had, uh, maybe Booker has to step up, or maybe even we see Aiton posting some big numbers since Giannis isn't going to be down there. Maybe you can get a uh, advantage over Lopez. I honestly think Suns win it, but I think 
Giannis being out is just a big factor uh, for the Bucks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's there's fans torn both ways. I mean, Giannis probably the most physically dominant player in the league, uh, and Chris Paul the sentimental favorite, never being there. Um, it's going to be fun to watch, and you know some interesting things kind of that are going to come out of this series is no one on any of these teams has won a championship. Um, as we posted earlier on Instagram, this is the first NBA final since 2010 where we have the two leading scorers going into it. Giannis and Devin Booker have only played for the Bucks and the Suns. And that hasn't happened since Kobe with LA and Paul Pierce with the Celtics. Um, you know, and I saw something else today too. Uh, the 2013, 2014 Milwaukee Bucks. So we're talking just seven years ago. Uh, finished dead last in the NBA with 15 wins. And Chris Middleton and Giannis were both on that team. And on 2K, they were the two lowest-rated players on the entire roster. And I just think that's funny looking back now uh, as to where they're at. So, uh, moving on, um, we got a few trade rumors that we want to talk about before we get into our, you know, our fantasy draft here. But uh, the big one that broke, um, really the only, I think, official one that's actually broke, was Ben Simmons to Indiana for... Malcolm Brogdon and a first-round pick that we have uh, learned was declined by the Sixers, and there was a lot of anger from Sixers fans that that trade wasn't successful, and there's a lot of anger from Sixers fans that it didn't happen, Pacers fans as well. A lot of people saying the Pacers dodged a bullet. Uh, Aaron, I know you have some insight on this, so I'll let you have it. Yeah, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. Um, the day that the trade um, report, poor went out um the freelance writer for most of the pacer stuff mark monteith he tweeted out that um just keeping an open mind he says believe it or not agents often lie to enhance their clients marketability so don't fall for every juicy tidbit was his actual phrase um and then a couple of days ago jay michael of the indy star uh he's the nba reporter for the indy star he tweeted out that the Pacers and Kevin Pritchard have a long-standing uh, relationship with the players to keep them informed of any trade ideas or if they're on the trade block or anything like that. For instance, he said Miles Turner knew he was being offered to the Celtics before the news leaked last year for that trade. Um, and he said Malcolm Brogdon has not been informed that he's being offered in trades or being posted on the trade block. And I thought this was interesting. This news came out after the Rick Carlisle interview where he kind of mentioned that he likes this entire team. He wants to re-sign TJ McConnell and Doug McDermott. And he likes the roster they have now. So I found it interesting. The Pacers tried to make a deal. I don't hate the trade offer if it's real, but after seeing these tweets from people around the Pacers organization, um, especially Mark Monteith, who has been pretty well informed um, throughout the years, in my lifetime at least, with Pacers information and, and just around the NBA, his thing about the agents kind of making up 80-90% of the rumor trade rumors you see just to try to enhance their players' trade value. Um, and we all know Ben Simmons definitely desperately needs more value right now. So do you think that tweet about the uh, agent was more so hyping up Brogdon's value, or do you think it was – Hyping up Simmons through his agent. Well, I don't. I don't think seeing uh, a trade, 
of Malcolm Brogdon and a first rounder for probably a player with the least amount of value. Uh, I mean, not the least amount of value, but for as good as he is, Ben Simmons being the talk that the talk that Ben Simmons is getting right now, seeing a trade rejected, um, the Sixers rejecting a trade for Malcolm Brogdon would definitely lower Brogdon's value. I would think, um, I don't think that Bronco Brogdon's agent was going out saying, oh, the Sixers didn't want him for the most ridiculed player maybe in their history. So I think that's definitely – I don't even know. That tweet came out the exact same day, so I don't know if he knew of that trade rumor in the first place and if that was refer- referring to that trade in the first place. Um, but I sure think that – is not a coincidence, and I think the Sixers and Ben Simmons' agent are trying to get a little more value out of Ben Simmons. Now, I, I know I heard you just say that you would uh, be okay with that trade potentially, and I know Garrett and I had a conversation over the weekend about it and how I thought it would. it's not a terrible trade, especially if Ben Simmons has a mindset that he is not going to be a scorer. I think the Pacers have an overabundance of scores, and to have him out there just finding the open guy and uh, rebounding the basketball, that would, I think, could be potentially huge. And I understand the first-round pick, if that is true, just to try and pry Simmons away a little easier, uh, whether they needed to or not. I think Simmons could be a, a good fit for the Pacers. Uh, Garrett, I'll ask you real quick uh, to reiterate your thoughts on that trade offer. Well, if I'm the Pacers, I'm doing that in a second. Um, <clears throat> we saw – you know, that the team can score the ball, especially Levert getting healthy. Uh, McConnell, you know, a good defender. And Miles can hit the three and, and do a little stretching. So he's not going to clog the lane. Um, so I – and definitely I think Simmons would be an upgrade in, as far as playmaking to McConnell. As great as his defense is, you know, Simmons brings that big frame that can get in the lane, drive and kick. So, I, you know, we talked about it the other day. I think definitely that would be a great move for the Pacers. I like to add, Dave. Um, J. Michael also mentioned that Mel Simon, the Pacers owner, um, very more often than not will avoid albatross contracts, which is like a large sum of money for over three years. But the Pacers actually nixed he actually nixed the trade that the Pacers had set up for Mike Conley two years ago um, because of Mike Conley's contract. So it just seemed really surprising. J. Michael seemed really surprised that the Pacers would even make an offer for somebody like Ben Simmons who has that kind of contract. Just based on their history. Yeah, I understand that. Um, but I also, you know, we know that Kevin Pritchard is on the hot seat and I think he needs to win now. So um, if maybe he could justify that trade, you know, if it results in a win. Um, that will go to you real quick. There's been a lot of talk also about Damian Lillard this uh, postseason going into this offseason. Uh, some of the rumors have been, you know, the Knicks. Uh, we've heard the Lakers. Um, obviously both those teams would have to make uh, significant sign and trades in order to take on that contract. Um, I saw one today potentially landing uh, Damian Lillard in LA and Ben Simmons to Portland uh, and Schroeder and Kuzma and KCP possibly going to the Sixers with tons of draft picks being swapped around out of all the trade scenarios that you you've heard, uh, in the last month or so with Dame, what seems to be the, the most realistic uh, fit 
or do you just see him staying put? I know we touched on it before, but with these trade rumors, what what do you think is the most realistic destination for him? Most realistic, I think Portland. I don't think he's going anywhere, to be honest. Uh, if he is, good for him. I'll, I'll be excited about it. I love when big players move around the league. Uh, I just don't see a team wanting to deal with that contract. Um, I think the vi- only viable option for Portland and L.A., if it was just a two-team trade, would be for Anthony Davis. And I could see that being okay. Uh, Davis is hurt all the time, so I think L.A. would get the better uh, player out of that trade. Uh, but then you're losing a huge scorer and leader for Portland. So I honestly just think it it's up to Dame if he actually wants to play for Portland. And if he doesn't, they're going to try to trade him um, and get something for him. Uh, I'd love to see the Knicks. Knicks have probably the most money out of all of the teams that you mentioned. Um, but they're going to have to give up a lot of picks and probably three or four guys, I would say. Um, maybe one even being Randall. And I don't think the Knicks would do that after the season Randall had. Uh, but I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, and the Lakers don't have a lot of picks left to trade. I mean, a lot of them are is already in New Orleans for the Anthony Davis trade. Um, I think if the Lakers' only chance of getting Damian Lillard is going to have to be this offseason, only because I think that I don't see Kuzma or KCP being on the starting season roster. And those are going to be the only two pieces um, that they that are of high value, I think, to trade. Um, the only reason that Dennis Schroeder was part of that trade scenario was be, um, for the money alone. I mean, the, he's looking for that massive deal. And I think this trade would be the best case scenario for him because the Lakers would have to pay him money um, and if, just to make that match for the salaries for Ben Simmons and Damian Lillard. And I think um, Philadelphia may be willing to take on that extra money of Schroeder, maybe the overpayment of Schroeder, because they're also going to get getting picks back and Kuzma and KCP and, a, you know, a solid starting point guard and shooter to pair with Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. So I don't think it, I think it's a win-win for Schroeder. He doesn't want to be in LA. He'll get his money. I think it's a win for the Celtics because they get some talented players uh, back. And I think it's a win for the Lakers because they get Dame and it's a win for Dame because, you know, he's happy somewhat on a winning team. And it's a win for Portland because they're getting Ben Simmons and they're getting some assets back. So I like that idea of a trade there. I'm not upset with it. Uh, one last one last thing I want to talk about in the trade rumors uh, scale of things here. Um, the Knicks um, are reportedly open to trading Barrett uh, for some sort of star, whether that is a package deal for Damian Lillard. Or, or what, you know, who knows what. Maybe somehow they swing something for Ben Simmons. Um, if that's the case, they have reportedly shown interest in uh, getting Kelly Oubre um, in free agency uh, after they lose Barrett. So, Garrett, with you being our next guy here, um, what do you think about the idea of losing Barrett um, and then potentially getting Oubre to fill the void? Um, if Barrett's on the, on the trade block for a Lillard, Beal, Kawhi kind of player, um, I don't think there's any question that you definitely do it. 
Uh, Barrett made a good jump this year, increases points per game, shooting percentage went up a bunch. But, you know, any we see in the league, anytime you have a chance to get get a star, uh, you definitely should should take it. And we're talking, you know, Lillard and Beal, top top scorers in the league, and Kawhi that does everything, even though he's coming off the injury. We're not really sure what that was. So um, I'm totally fine with, you know, if the, if the value's there. If not, I think Barrett, you know, he, he could be a 20-point-a-game scorer this year. Um, just on his three-point shooting percentage increase and stuff like that. Um, and then if, you know, he does get traded, Kelly Oubre is a very similar similar player. I mean, close in points per game and shooting percentage and things like that. And Oubre alongside, a, you know, a top five, top ten guy. And then with Randall in the mix, um, I'm definitely fine with that deal. And I think if they can get it done, I would definitely do it. Yeah, I like. I think that's a good comparison between Barrett and Ubre, especially if you're going to lose Barrett, you're going to want the guy who kind of brings some of the same things uh, for potentially less money. Um, with Uber. I know the, the contract's not there yet for Barrett, but I, he's obviously going to be a guy who's going to find that big extension. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good fit if if Ubre is your third main guy with a Beal and uh, Randall. That's things are looking good there for the Knicks. All right, with that being said, um, we are also dealing with some injuries this offseason or this postseason. Um, our injuries being work-related. We have lost Nick and we have lost Danny tonight. So that leaves Monday as a four-team tournament. Um, with our third overall pick drafts, um, it's our first extended draft. We've been doing the last 30 years. But we're going back to the last 40 years, 1980 to 2020. And, uh, Thad, you have the number one pick in this draft. So who are you taking? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious uh, who I'd have to pick. Uh, the greatest player ever, all time, uh, Michael Jordan. Yep, I think that was pretty, pretty obvious selection. I mean, the 1984 third overall pick. Um, it's hard. I mean, who's, who are you going to pick over Jordan, right? Well, that leaves me, and I thought I had a few tough decisions, but after thinking about it for uh, five seconds, I am going to go with uh, Luca for my second pick in this draft. I mean, the dude just single-handedly took his country to the Olympics while Canada had like nine NBA players on their team and they didn't make it. Yeah. Um, the refs gave him that game. That was Domas and Jonas <laughs> Valanciunas' game. <laughs> he had seven and ones, literally. I saw the picture of them raising him on his shoulders. I didn't really see what that was about. I've, not, I've honestly not been paying a ton of attention to the qualifying. I'll probably watch more once the Olympics get on, but as far as the qualifying goes, I haven't been paying too much attention. That was uh, Slovenia's very first trip to the Olympics now. Also, the Dallas Mavericks made today Luka Doncic Day. They should have waited till tomorrow because tomorrow is the 7th. It would have been 7-7, but they're stupid, and they did today. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to the fourth overall pick tournament uh, runner-up, uh, Team Garrett. Who are you going with your first pick here in the first round? 
This is honestly harder than I thought because I like a lot of these guys. But I'm going to be surprising here because I think the gap is so big. And I'm going to take Joel Embiid first. I was uh, agreeing with you with everything you had to say until Joel Embiid came out. I think he's there just so many guys. I think he's just the best center by far, is why I want. Um, I had two centers ahead of him, but I understand. I mean, there's especially now with having two less teams in this draft. I, I get the pick. I really he was, do. He was definitely my number one big man. Um, okay, so that goes to uh, – next pick goes to our uh, back-to-back champion, Team Aaron, uh, who was your first pick in the four- third overall pick draft here. Well, I'm pretty disappointed because I felt like the top three was pretty locked in, and I'm disappointed that one of them is there because I feel like I have to take him. He's, uh, But I just can't stand him. But I'll take James Harden. I, I'm fine with these picks because, I, and this is probably where my bias feelings with players came in. But I had uh, Doncic second on my list, obviously behind Michael. But I didn't have James Harden until thirteenth, and I had Joel Embiid sixteenth. So he averaged thirty-six points a game in a season. <laughs> okay, with eleven assists. That's fine. He's but one of, if you're going to have one him of two shoot people a thousand times, that's what I tried to avoid. But you can't, you can't just not pick the only other guy on the list that's won an MVP award besides Michael. I can and I will. Well, I mean, I would have picked Luca too. I would have, but he's gone. Well, I know who I, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. Good pick, Aaron. I'm glad. You right, next pick, Aaron. I'm glad you left them for me, Aaron. Go ahead. Me too. Um. Also, the lack of point guard depth. I felt like I needed someone who could dribble the ball. Um, this is the tougher one because I don't really want to have a team with two people that are like currently playing be my top two picks, but I have him fourth on my list, so Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. All right, Garrett, it's going back to you. So my strategy, because I didn't take uh, James Harden, is because there's at least two other top shooting guards. I would, I would say. Um, so I went with Carmelo Anthony. You got yourself a two K score there. That's definitely going to be helpful. Um, he is the first person outside of. Uh, Jordan and Luca out of my top ten. Thad, we're up to you. Dave, it's your pick. Oh, that's right. Well, like I said, I still have a, all my top five left, so I'm taking Grant Hill for my pick because I'm getting a super healthy Grant Hill. And if you watch those Legends countdowns, they all agreed he was the next Jordan. So I'm taking him. Thad, you got two. Uh, my next pick is going to be Penny Hardaway. Ah, uh, Yep, love Penny. And then 
Algasol. All right, now my top ten is falling. You had Pau Gasol and who over Joel Embiid? Uh, Dominique. Uh, Center-wise, I had Pau, who was could play center, and Kevin McHale. I also had them above Joel Embiid. Based on what? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go off one season. He's played a 20th of what they've played in their careers, but, I mean, what? Five championships? Uh... This is just the best 2K player, not career. Well, that's not what this is, though. We just happen to do a 2K thing on top of it. But it's really, what you know, what team would you want to put on the floor? And I would rather have Kevin McHale out there and Pau Gasol out there than Joel Embiid, personally. I think that's also how I'm thinking about it. Um, and it could just be a bias over, not like, I think my brain is biased over the career is my problem probably as well with that. Um, it's hard for me to value, it's hard for me to value current players over the greats. And I personally am just picking Gasol and McHale over Joel Embiid. That's all. Well, I mean, the stats are in Kevin McHale's favor and Pau Gasol's favor too. I mean, not, I mean, it's not just watching them. I mean, I know Kevin McHale kind of played second fiddle to Larry Bird, but it's still, I mean, he's still a six time old defensive guy and, you know. All right. Well, let's keep it going. Uh, my next pick, I have a power forward. I'm taking Dominique. Garrett? Um, I am going to take Bradley Beal. Do you like Bradley Beal? I had him uh, probably as my next pick. Um, just for the scoring alone. Uh, honestly, though, Garrett's team really is shaping up to be something here because he's got two major scores and a dominant big man. So that makes me a little worried. Um... Oh, I put that in the wrong slot. That's why I was doing that. Okay. Uh, Aaron, back-to-back picks here. This is really funny because I personally dislike three-fourths of my team now. But because um, I'm not a Kevin McHale guy, I just was – I'm not a Joel Embiid guy either. But Kevin McHale and uh, Chauncey Billups. <laughs> All right, uh, Garrett, back to you. I'm going to take Baron Davis. I also had Baron Davis up there higher on the, my point guard scale than uh, Chauncey. All right, that goes to me. And off my list here, I'm going to be taking Jerry Stackhouse. That's going to be my big score. He had almost a uh, couple back-to-back almost 30-point-per-game seasons in Detroit. Uh, Thad, your last two here. Uh, 
Sorry, I forgot to unmute. Uh, I am going uh, Al Horford. All righty. And, and uh, let's do let's go OJ Mayo. OJ Mayo. Now I know this draft really. Uh, left us wide open with having two less teams, but this was, I mean, this was going to be, I think our best teams, regardless. There are so many options here, especially later on. Uh, for my last pick, I got to pick my center. Uh, my best center left available. Well, I'll be happy with it is, uh, Buck Williams, a career double, double 13 points and 10 rebounds for his, Entire sixteen-year career. That's a so good one, Dave. Oh, the, problem with, the problem with my team is that I am very slow in the front court, and that is going to be an issue. Um, Garrett, final pick here. Who you got? I thought I would be able to get Buck Williams, so I'm a little disappointed. I need a power forward. And I like all the small forwards left, so that's unfortunate. Um, I could do small ball again. Just for sentimental value, I'm going Darius Miles because he's fine. (laughs) Uh, Darius Darius Miles because he's fun. Man, I thought you were going to go Reef, Garrett. I feel like Darius Miles is bigger, so I just went with him. Yeah, he's what six. He was what six eleven, wasn't he? He's a big dude. He was taller than Abdul Rahim. That was the only reason. Okay. Uh, all right, Aaron Center. Well, I was also going to take Buck Williams, so I guess that was never getting to me. Um, this one's tough because I feel like I can't have a big guy slow me down. So I think I'm going to take Sharif Abdul Rahim and keep the small ball going this time. With Mikhail at your center. Yeah. Definitely sure he's only 6'9". Thought about uh, Benoit Benjamin just because he was the – out of all these players, he's the leader in blocks. But um, that really did – I mean, that that's what killed – that's what made me win last time was Dikembe, but he's just not Dikembe, you know. Yeah, I am I, – I like my – I don't know with the game. But I feel like there's just a lot of so, – there's so many good guys left that I feel bad leaving on the board. I had Muhammad Abdul-Raouf 12th on my list uh, for the scoring, Darren Williams for scoring. I mean, LaMelo would not be a terrible choice, especially in the 2K round. Hey, Dave, yeah. you should just you should just make teams for Dan and Nick with the rest of these guys. <laughs> just give them the list and they can fight over the rest. Maybe I will do that. I Dan, mean, there's a, there's a starting five. They're just starting five of Darren Williams, Jalen Brown, Benoit Benjamin, you know, just waiting to happen. Yeah, I'll ask them and see what they want to do. Um, if not, Dad, can, I, I, can I ask Dad why, why OJ Mayo? Don't really have a reason. Over Darren Williams. I like. OJ Mayo, he's a, a good scorer. I thought people would pick Stackhouse for sure. 
Yeah, I did. I got him late. I'm happy I got him. Oh, sorry. forgot to mark yeah, him off. After, like, the first ten picks, I like, all these picks are steals. But every player was good that we picked, I feel like. It just was impossible to make a mistake. Yeah, there were only a couple, like, no's. And that's Adam Morrison, Chris Washburn. That's really it. Maybe Otto Porter. He hasn't really done a whole lot. Um, Otto Porter is, like, he's done already, pretty much. He's your three-point shooter, but that's about it. He's a good. He's good at steals. He gets a lot of steals. Rodney McCray, he was on his Rockets Finals team's 12-point score for his career. I mean, that's not bad. Anyway, uh, thanks for getting on, guys. We got a good game to look forward to tonight. I'm excited about these finals. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I got, you know, this is the most excited I've been in the finals in a while. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I didn't get my uh, pick earlier, but I think uh, Suns are too, too quick. I think it's going to be Booker with 30 points and a double-double from Chris Paul. So I'm excited for that. And uh, as always, I'm not excited for my team to do well in the 2K tournament. Thanks, Dave. Happy to live today. <laughs> yeah, you too.